Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You can go to any gym. Um, you know, there's thousands of choices now. Um, and certainly, I think there's enough room for everybody, right? I, I think we have an obligation as an industry to take the fitness penetration, which is 23 and a half percent now. And we, try, we have to double that, you know, over the next, you know, five to 10 years. And so it puts us in position when another pandemic happens that we can take that on through improved immune systems and, and better mental mindset. And so that's, that's why the gym's created is, is really to be a little bit disruptive in the fitness space to allow people to find the best version of themselves. Hi, I'm Pete McCall, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. That voice you heard in the beginning is the guest for this episode, Mr. Adam Sedlak. Now, Adam is the CEO of UFC Gyms. The reason why I wanted to have Adam on the podcast is I want to talk about everything that UFC Gym has to offer. And one of my goals for the All About Fitness podcast, before I explain why I wanted to have Adam on as a guest, one of my goals for All About Fitness is to not only help you understand how exercise can change your body and change your life, but also to help you understand a little bit about how the fitness industry works. What I try to do is every few episodes, I try to feature an executive or some type of leader from the fitness industry so you can hear about how we deliver or, or that point of view about how fitness is delivered to you, the end user. And that's why I wanted to speak with Adam, because the one thing, the, the misperception that I had about UFC Gym was that it was a place where people would go to train for mixed martial arts, but nothing could be further from the truth. Now, you may not be interested in doing MMA, mixed martial arts. You may not be interested in competing or, or fighting or anything aggressive like that. But what you're going to hear about today in this interview with the CEO is that UFC Gym is there to help you with whatever struggle you might be facing. Yes, UFC is popular because of the, the young men and women that compete in the octagon. But the fact is, we're all struggling with something. And the fact is, we're all working towards something. We're all trying to overcome something. And UFC Gym gives you the resources to do that. Fun discussion today with one of the leading executives in our industry. 
You're going to hear about the, the background of UFC gym, what happened, how it started. And most importantly, you're going to hear about the resources that UFC gyms makes available to you to reach whatever fitness goals you may have. Here we go. Awesome conversation with Adam Sedlak, the CEO of UFC gyms. Adam, how are you doing today? Pete, it's good to be here. How are you? I am doing well. I am looking forward to this conversation, Adam. Like I said before I hit the record button, one of the things that as a consumer, I have a perception of, of UFC Jim. I hear that name and I think of like all those little guys with like the, the cauliflower ears and, the, and the, the jacked out guys. But UFC is a full service health club. So one of the things I want to start off with can you describe a little bit about the business model of what UFC is and the and the customers, the members that you serve? Are you sure you're not a fighter? Because you look like one. You look pretty <laughs> tough, man. Well, once upon um, a time, I'm a lover, not a fighter these days. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, listen, fitness is interesting. You know, and in, 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 in today's world, when you compare it to 20, 30 years ago, um, there's so many alternatives and there's so many different sets of value proposition. And I think when you when you look at UFC gym, the inclination is that you, if you're a fighter, you go to one of these gyms and I get it. And we embrace that because every single person on planet earth has their own personal fight, right? Maybe the fight is to lose a little bit of weight. Maybe the fight is endurance, stamina, feel better about yourself. Maybe you're suicidal. Maybe that's your fight. Whatever it might be, you have your personal fight. And our job is to understand how a UFC athlete trains and conditions and prepares for a fight where they have seven, eight, nine, ten coaches that are all there to find and get that fighter to the to their best possible version of themselves. And as they prepare to step into the octagon, well, our coaches and our trainers and our team does the exact same thing. So we go out there and we hire the industry best personal trainers and coaches and, and experts and disciplines from boxing, Muay Thai, jiu-jitsu, um, conditioning, nutrition, uh, recovery. So it's a very holistic environment and a holistic value proposition where um, you don't need to go to 10 different gyms. You, you can go to one UFC gym, you can do uh, cryotherapy in the morning, you can you can do your Zumba class if you want to do that. You can come back and do a boxing class and then you can work with the trainer or coach. And so through those intersections of alternative ways of training and you know through the way a UFC athlete um, conditions their body, we feel like the value proposition is incredibly unique to to service the the general customer but really it's how you market it right and and we have to continue to reinvent ourselves on marketing to extend to everybody whether you're 75 years of age or whether you're 13 that that this is a place that you can maximize your results in the least amount of time well what i love about that though and i was thinking about this and as i was preparing for the interview adam you and i are about the same age and i think i, I heard i heard in an interview that you did that you started the industry. I think you started in the, in the early 90s. So you have a few years. I joined the industry full-time in the, in the later 90s, in 98. And to me, I was talking about this with a couple of members of my team at EOS. I was trying to get them to understand, especially the younger members of the team, how much the gym environment has changed in the past mm -hmm. 20 years. Because what I love about what you just said is people might have this perception of a, of a boxing gym, you know, being that dark, dungy little basement when you go train and, and there's no, there's no you have a boxer there but there's nothing else. And in reality, when you look at how professional athletes of any sport train, they have cryotherapy, they have nutrition, they have some, they have a bunch of resources there. So is that what you've done with, with UFC is really try to create 
a place where no matter what you're training for, you can go in and, and reach those outcomes, reach those goals? Yeah. Well, I think it's beyond that. I also think there's, you know, recreational training where, where, you know, mentally, I mean, listen, COVID has been tough on all of us, right? Whether you're in the industry, outside the industry, whether you're a leader, uh, an executive, or whether you're in a club, you know, cleaning it, uh, we've gone through some major, major challenges as an industry. And so it doesn't really matter, you know, how, if you're looking to be a professional athlete, or if you're looking just to lose five pounds to feel better, um, we want them to provide that, really unique environment where it's just a little bit different. You can go to any gym. Um, you know, there's thousands of choices now. Um, and certainly I think there's enough room for everybody, right? I, I think we have an obligation as an industry to take the fitness penetration, which is 23 and a half percent. Now and we, try, we have to double that, you know, over the next, you know, five to 10 years. And so it puts us in position when another pandemic happens that we can take that on through and improved immune systems and, and better mental mindset. And so that's, that's why the gym's created is, is really to be a little bit disruptive in the fitness space to allow people to find the best version of themselves um, through our coaches, our team and our facilities and our amenities and, and hopefully, you know, build this big global community. We're developing in 40 countries now and, and uh, we're, we're now connecting all the gyms together where they can train uh, together against each other, compete against one another uh, through the virtual space as well as brick and mortar. So yeah, that, that's, that's kind of the position that we took. And, and again, it's working with the fellow industry um, um, drivers to try to make sure that more people just start getting fit and burning a little bit more calories. Well, how is it? Well, the thing that fascinates me, though, Adam, is when you look at it, the fitness floor has evolved so much in the last number of years. Like if you think about when we started, we'd walk into a gym in the late 90s and there'd be rows and rows of machines and treadmills. How, did, what, how does UFC design your fitness floor? What makes UFC a UFC gym different than maybe another health club? Well, we have different models. So, you, you know, we have a boutique concept, which is called class. That's, you know, 2,500 square feet. That's more of an owner operator model. That's very hit and, and MMA based, boxing based. Um, and so that's obviously one um, uh, brand position that is more uh, of an orange in the orange theory space, if you will. Um, and then you have the bigger signature model, which is can be anywhere between 30,000 square feet and 50,000 square feet. And in those gyms, you're going to find an intersection of what you would find in your traditional fitness uh, place. And so you, you think about an LA fitness or a 24 hour fitness that generally has about a million dollars of equipment. Well, those signature clubs have that type of equipment. And so they can service the consumer that just wants to use equipment, but our prices are higher. You know, we're not a low cost provider. We, we believe in a little bit higher price point to be able to hire more people, to be able to improve our services and keep the clubs clean and, and, and just up the overall um, positive member experience of the customer. So um, they can hopefully get, you know, use the facility more, get more results. And, and, and ideally that'll improve attrition in a significant way. So when you think about a 40,000 square foot club, just to answer your question directly is that you can walk in and, and you can see an arm bar cafe. Um, you can see a recovery center. Um, you can see a, a, a boxing studio. You can see a cycling studio. You can see a Brazilian jiu-jitsu studio, a group fitness studio. Um, of course, a, um, a well-versed workout floor with uh, 
turf and we call it daily ultimate training, which is kind of similar to CrossFit, right? So you, you, it's an intersection of what's great with studios and what's great with huge fitness facilities that have a ton of equipment. And so the music's a little louder. There's, a, there's probably a few more TVs. The, 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 the lighting's a little bit different, uh, but it definitely is an explosive environment that's designed to um, you know, give people a different way to service their fitness needs and requirements. Well, that's that's the one thing. Look, I, I've been a fitness geek for years. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast. But I have to tell you, one of the things I love about the gym these days is you can go in and it is like a training floor. You have the turf, you have the Olympic platforms. And I was trying to describe to somebody, Adam, that in the early 2000s, zero gyms. I worked for Town Sports, a big, big box gym in the Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. area. We had zero locations in our entire company up until probably the late 2000s within the Olympic platforms in the gym. So that's been, I mean, as an operator, how is that mindset? What what do you think caused this big shift to now where you cannot open a gym without having turf space? You cannot open a gym without having recovery or without having Olympic weight, Olympic platforms. What caused that shift and what caused like the gym space to evolve to where we are now? Well, I think it's one thing. It's the customer, right? The the customers have different needs. I mean, you think about when you and I were kids, right? You and I played four sports more than likely, right? We played basketball, baseball, football, um, and whatever season it was, we played that sport. Well, in today's world, if you're if you're gifted to be a basketball player, guess what you do all year round? You play basketball. You go to special schools. You go to special advancement um, um, teachings. You you do whatever you can do to compete against that next basketball player to be the best basketball player on planet Earth. Um, the gym industry, the gym business, you know, whether it's through social connectivity or whether it's through innovation of technology and equipment, whatever it might be has become very community-based. And as, as gyms create communities, they create um, desires and expectations of what they need to fulfill their potential goal in the fitness space. And so through their feedback and, and through um, good companies, tech, uh, workout uh, companies and, and uh, equipment companies that can provide innovation to the space, based on consumer demand, that that's, that's the, that's the X factor, right? And so the ability to understand that and to listen to your consumer is what it's all about. They will always navigate the business of where it needs to go. That's why the boutique business um, before COVID, you know, if you, if you look at 2014 through 2018, the, the boutique business just surged. Well, that's because the consumer was looking for a different environment, which is to have an incredible class that was kind of part of a movement. Well, now what has the big, a lot of big gym companies have listened to that. They've listened to their consumer. Now, what are they doing? They're putting boutique spaces inside their gym to give them the same type of environment if the consumer wants that shift. And so I think the fitness companies that are listening to the consumer are, are getting good information to be able to adapt their brand. Then, of course, you have to intersect the capital structure and, and your ability to, based on your size of company, to be able to properly acclimate you know, the, those services to the, to the customer. But if you can do it, uh, as long as you listen to, your, listen to your customer, you're in a good spot. And I think that's so key. And what do you think has been driving? Because, again, we look at, at what at consumer and customer behavior, right? When we got into this space 25 years ago, most people, if they wanted information on exercise, they had to buy a magazine or buy a book or do specific research. How much, how much do you think social media – I mean, this, this is honestly – we can do a whole podcast series on this question alone, Adam. But one of the things that, that just popped up is how much do you think this social media has influenced consumer, consumer behavior in our space, 
right? Because you have behavior influencing media and you have media influencing behavior. But what do you, how do you think that cycle affects operators like you? It's a good question. It's, it's, it's major. I mean, listen, whether it's Instagram, which is more aspirational or whether it's, um, um, Yelp, which is, you know, organically, how do consumers think of your brand? Um, or it's Pinterest, which is education-based, right? Every distribution channel serves a different audience. And let's face it, I mean, what TikTok just became the number one engine in the social media platform, right? So let's face it, it's not going to go away. It's because consumers are allowed to connect and communicate with one another. Now, my only concern is sometimes when you look at what's being distributed out socially, people are looking at that person, their body, their, their, you know, how, how attractive are they? And, and they're listening to that person just based on how they look versus the science of how fitness can really change your life. So my only concern is that people get the right content, the right information through education and through information that can be trusted. You know, it's, it's very much like what's divided this globe, um, you know, politically is that, is that, you know, social media, you can, you can not know anything and you have a, a channel that you're able to speak your mind on and, and people like to gravitate towards it if, if they somewhat believe in, in your, in your opinions. And so fitness has to be careful. We, 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 you know, there, there's experts out there that are, you know, that are, it's all driven through science and, and, and lots of trial and error. And those are the sources that we have to stay close to versus, you know, the, maybe a, a 22 year old that, you know, competed in a bodybuilding show. And now they think they're the, the, the they're, they're the most sophisticated trainer on planet earth. So, you know, wh- where your sources come from and, and, and how they provide their services. I think it's very, very important that we stay true to that. And social media is not going away. So we have to continue to be forceful in that, in that segment and make sure that we do good work on how we distribute information. Well, I'm smiling because you're right. It, it, people get a little bit of information in our space, and they think they're all of a sudden experts, and, and they don't realize that this is all changing and evolving. And, and one of the things I want to come back to, though, because social media does kind of tie into this, you you hit you, you said something earlier of what you're trying to do, and, and I want to kind of explore this a little bit, and that's about the community aspect of the health club experience. You have a lot of you worked for 24 Hour Fitness before you where you are. Let's talk a little bit about that community community aspect because one of the things, Adam, that I think for, for those of us in that 25% that have health club memberships and we go a few times a week, how powerful is that community? Like talk if you could talk a little about and maybe share a story that you've heard from one of your members about what your UFC community means to them. Yeah, I mean, listen, to me, that's the pillar of our brand is to provide a community within our brick and mortar that can properly inspire and motivate people to continue to exercise and work out through results. And we've there's, listen, there's 8 million surveys and, and resources out there that will provide you um, content on how important community is or, or is not. I think when you look at more transactional based gyms that are low, low cost and low price where the model is a little bit lower labor and um, lower cost. It definitely hits a certain segment where a consumer that doesn't know about fitness can say, Hey, for 10 bucks a month, I'll test it. And it's worth trying out. And there may not be the same type of community just 
because in that model you can't invest in the same amount of labor and so when you when you when you become more transactional in your price you're not going to have quite the same community but typically members find themselves within the four walls and they will create their own internal communities at UFC what we wanted to do is really and to your point work with social media and intersect that to help drive community and and I'll give you an example when we when we started Concord in 2009, uh, Facebook was just starting to grow and, and become more of a, of a presence in everybody's life. And we said, listen, we want every member that enrolls with us to join uh, UFC Gym Team Concord. And what we want to encourage every member to do is not only talk about good things, but if they have any concerns, complaints, challenges, frustrations, whatever it might be, put it on the sport. So that allows our team to address it in public, to take responsibility when we make a mistake, because I got news for you. Every fitness company makes mistakes, including us. Yeah. And and so, so it allows us to um, in front of everybody to own where we make mistakes, to make sure that we're listening to our consumers through real time experiences uh, via the social dynamic. And, and so, that's where community starts, right? Is, is on the front end from marketing and, and believing that they want to be part of something larger and bigger and, and part of this unique community. And then when you get into your four walls, it's, it's, it's the amount of culture that is, that is committed to your team members. So it is your, is your, are your managers and your team members in the facilities? Do they believe in your brand? Do they think it's special? Do they care about it? Are they passionate about it? Because that then waterfalls down to the customer. If they, if the team member is not passionate about it, I got news for you. It becomes just transactional. And then the consumer has no emotional connection to the brand. But if you can get your team just immersed with the brand through belief and you just hire the right people that, that do have that desire to be immersed with the brand, it generally translates to the uh, customer. And then once the customer connects to that connectivity through the team, then again, they, they, they attract other members to be within that community. And all of a sudden we have something that's very, very cool. You know, you kind of have your own city, your own community. And, and, uh, and that's great within the UFC gym four walls. It's fun to watch because you have this Brazilian jiu-jitsu community, right? And you have, you know, a couple hundred people that are just diehard dedicated to jiu-jitsu. That's their studio. They love it. They take pride in it. You also have this boxing community. You also have this performance community. That's the kind of the CrossFit athlete that loves to do high performance stuff that probably your, your type of training, right? You look like a, a hit performer, like you love the hit type of uh, conditioning classes. Um, and then you just have the member workout floor, right? I was working out at my, my home gym in Corona this morning and, and uh, there's about a about hundred people that work out between six a.m. and nine a.m. and it's so fun to watch them connect with one another on the workout floor. They they develop their own community and use technology like MyZone and some other vehicles to bring that community even closer together. So I think I, I think community is such I, and you hit it on the head. I think community is such an important piece, and I think how you whatever club concept brand that you have, how you understand your pure value proposition, how you integrate your team to, and how you can cascade it to your customer is what can make businesses and fitness companies unique. Well, I think that was, I mean, and and one of the reasons why I wanted to ask this question is I heard you talk a little bit about on another podcast that you did about the influence of CrossFit on Mm -hmm. our industry. And I really, I am, I agree with you 100% where I think 
I think what CrossFit did to the rest of the industry was show how important that community is. Because you can take those CrossFit boxes, they don't have a ton of members. They don't have 8,000 members on an EFT draft every month. But what they do is they get people that are rabid fans that just like gravitate there. And and what, what, what really impressed me when I first saw that UFC gym was being formed is you guys did something a little bit backwards, Adam, is you took a brand that was already established and had a known name, and then you built a company around that. So can you talk a little bit about the process of what that was like to make UFC gyms a thing? Because you already had the name, the UFC brand, that you had to live up to. So in my opinion, that's a much harder challenge than starting something from scratch and having to create a name for yourself. Yeah, you're right. And I, and I think it's really about making sure that you have the right amount of of, uh, you know, you're humble enough to make sure that we're always going to be innovating and we're always going to be trying to live up to the brand. You know, one of my core jobs is to always try to impress Dana White, right? I know that if I, I, know, I, know that if I can get Dana passionate and, and, and just excited about what we're doing, that we're living up to the brand standards of the UFC. And so, you know, to, to kind of take a step back and, and how do you do that? Well, the first thing I did is I went and watched how a fight camp worked mm-hmm. uh, because when, before I, I had the opportunity to come into this company, you know, I'm, I was, as you said, I was with 24 hour fitness forever. And, and I owe a lot, you know, for what 24 hour provided me, they provided me a great education. Uh, they provided me years of experience to understand the consumer behavior, to, uh, to understand how to grow a brand. And, and, you know, back in the, you know, I'd say 2007 back, uh, 24 was the dominant, the dominant brand globally. And, and Mark had a transaction for 1.7 billion in 2005 and then slowly exited out. And a lot of his team, you know, exited with him, but their culture, their, uh, their, their brand was, was absolutely dynamic. And, and so one of the things that I learned um, in that process is that you can't make boardroom decisions to drive your operating strategy. So, you know, when, when you, when you watch a, when you watch a fight camp, and you, and you watch a high-level UFC athlete prepare for a fight, you have you know, a boxing coach, a wrestling coach, a performance coach, a, a, a psychologist, a nutritionalist, a, a recovery expert. You, know, you have all these different coaches, and they're all working together to say, hey, Pete, I'm going to make you the best version of yourself. So when you jump into that octagon to fight Usman, who's the baddest man on planet Earth, you know, without a doubt, you're going to win. And when you can figure out how to extend that in regular life, where I can, I can take you and I can say, okay, what's your personal fight? And no matter what you do, you have the confidence that you know, you're going to, you're going to win that fight through education, information, passion, um, um, uh, experience, ambiance of a gym, you know, that puts, that puts us, that puts you in a very good place as a customer. And, and it goes back to everything you were talking about, right? It goes back to how you create community, how you build facilities, how you innovate in your space and, and how you translate that to the consumer and how you market the consumer. It's, it's all critically important to, to developing that, that special X factor to get consumers to want to continue to stay working out. And the question I have of that is, because that's the one thing, people like having that brand and like having that representation. And you guys were one of the first ones to have the branded fitness experience. And now, of course, and, and, and I'm not even going down NEV because NEV, and, and for listeners, NEV is the equity group that, that funds, that's part of the equity group that you're involved with or the ownership group because one of the other arms of your ownership group has Cowboy Fit or they support Cowboy Fit 
I think Chicago Bears fit. But what they've done, what, what I'm talking about is this group, not only do they have UFC, which is branded around MMA, but they now have different brands based around NFL teams, and I'm sure they'll be expanding. And you're one of the first ones to provide that branded experience. How is that? How do you think that's changed consumer behavior in terms of expectations for joining a gym? Do you, and, and where I'm going with that is do you think we're going to see more of this merger of outside brands or sports leagues merging into the fitness space to try to create that experience for the consumer? Yeah, first, you know, Listen, Mark Mastroff's a genius. You know, he, when you think back to when he founded 24 Hour until he sold it in 2005, uh, he created Magic Johnson 24 Hour Fitness, Shaquille O'Neal 24 Hour Fitness, Lance Armstrong 24 Hour Fitness. And, um, and so he started the co-branding space very early. He worked with Steve Nash. He worked with Madonna. He worked with several professional athletes. And so he gets that, there's an association and connectivity and it's paying off big time now really because of the dynamics of social media, right? I mean, if, if we were to do a, a Lady Gaga fitness center, I mean, she has like <laughs> 300 million people that follow her, right? And, and they're evangelists of Lady Gaga. And so um, I think what it helps you, um, I think one is you know you're part of a brand and it's not a fly-by-night type of uh, deal. I think two it widens your funnel a little bit, right? So if, if you're, you know, bears fit in Chicago, um, you know, those bears fans are going to immediately take a look at what it's all about. So your, your customer acquisition funnel widens a little bit. So in UFC's position, um, obviously if we weren't called UFC gym and we had the same exact value proposition, we'd still perform. Right. But now that you add UFC's name on the building, it gets all those UFC fans, which is the fastest growing sport globally, to at least look at it and say, oh, that's UFC gym. And so there's a natural extension to, again, increase your funnel size to get more customers down the funnel. And obviously, hopefully, make sure you have a good marriage with whatever you're representing so they can mutually support one another. So now I'm proudfully, pridefully supporting the UFC when when uh, they have an event um, in an international location or a domestic location, we can, we can take our gyms, our facilities, our, our partners and, and do a cross marketing strategy to not only get people to the fight, but then also get people into our gyms. And so it works both ways. Well, as part of that cross marketing strategy, and we're going to be wrapping it up before too long, Adam, just to give you a heads up on time. But as part of that cross marketing strategy, how have you looked at evolving or integrating virtual into your space? And I'm asking this, but but understand, like I'm one of these people, Adam. I understand that we need a virtual component, but to me, nothing replaces going and sweating live, right? I mean, it's like that was the hardest part about the last couple of years is when we had to do that. And I value and I appreciate and I respect all the people who pivoted to virtual, but I'm sorry, man. Give me give me 30, 30, you know, a 30 kg kettlebell, give me a little bit of space in a gym, and that, that's where my head is. So as you look at this and, you, and we've seen a big shift in our industry, how, how is UFC looking at integrating virtual into its existing program, or are you, are you even doing it? Are you just going to stay focused on what you do in the four walls? No, that's a good question. So, and I'm, by the way, Pete, I completely agree with you is the social connectivity is so important in brick and mortar that there will always be, a, it's like saying there's not going to be movie theaters anymore, right? It's just, yeah. it's, it's not going to happen. But <clears throat> I do think technology is changing. When you have the metaverse and you have all these different innovative uh, spaces, 
you have to listen to that. And so we have a really cool strategy that I like because it focuses on virtual via brick and mortar and virtual outside of brick and mortar and ties it all together. And so I have something called boxhitlive.com. And when you take a look at that, what it does is it allows um, our gyms, our franchisees, our international partners to have the ability to take a consistent value proposition globally. And so they can take a Frankie Edgar boxing class. They can take a, you know, last week we had Forrest Griffin in teaching a hit class. Um, We're going to have Jessica I in next week teaching a a women's self-defense class. We're going to have Zumba classes, but here's what's great about it. Are the studios are in the gyms. And so you're going to have a studio in Australia, Sydney, Australia. You're going to have a studio in London. You're going to have a studio in Dubai. You have a couple studios in SoCal, a studio in Hawaii, a studio in Japan, and so forth. And what happens is now we're going to be able to gamify it. And so if I'm in a studio in LA and Torrance, let's say, and I want to say, you know what? I want to take on Shanghai, China today. So I can, I can shoot out a challenge to Shanghai, China and say, hey, Shanghai, we're going to, we work with MyZone and we work with some different platforms. We're going we're to challenge you guys to a, to a MEP, um, a MEP out and uh, our gym versus your gym, MEPs per consumer. Let's go. And they're going to be able to have a 24 hour MEP out and they're going to be able to go back and forth with it. And they're going to be able to take the video content, either do it at home or do it in the club, whatever they want to do. So it, 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 it intersects social connectivity with virtual, with brick and mortar, all together to drive the consumer of the or the experience of the consumer. And, and I think that see to me that makes sense, right? When you can integrate and have a live experience and a virtual experience, because let's face it, there are gonna be days, and I think this is one of the good things about the last two years, is I think we've gotten and gotten now that I can't make it to the gym today, but I can get this yoga class or I can do this this hit workout with force at home. That is my backup option. I do like that. I, I do firmly love that option. So you integrate that in there. Now, I want to take a little bit of a shift and ask you a little bit about, about the business structure of UFC. Sure. And this is for listeners too because a listener out there might be sitting sitting around with, with a little bit of money in the bank saying, I want to invest in the fitness industry. How do I do that? And I've had I had Pete Moore on the podcast before, and for listeners, Pete Moore works for he he he's an investment banker and is an investment banker in the industry. And, and I love and I say this, and this is where I want to ask because as somebody with twenty something years of experience of industry knowledge, if I were going to open a gym, Adam, I would look at a franchise model before trying to start my own. I know there's like a two to five percent monthly charge, whatever, but rather than try to start a gym on my own and try to create my own brand. I would, knowing what I know about fitness, I would much rather choose from a, a known category. So if you could, real quick, just talk about the investment, or not the investment, but the overall franchise structure of how UFC Gym operates. Yeah, so whatever your capital structure is like, we have a brand position for you, right? So let's say that you're just a incredible dynamic coach or uh, GM that could be a coach and could be very integrated in their facility. We have this boutique model called class by UFC gym, which does boxing and hit class and it's 2,500 square feet and all in, you know, for $250,000, if you negotiate with the landlord correctly on TI and so forth, you can own and operate your own business and, and, uh, and really drive it yourself. It's a great owner operator model. 
there's all the way up to our signature franchise strategy, which is very similar to the hotel um, platform. It's called an MSA where um, you have a capital investor that comes in, whether you create debt or not create debt, but you have an investor that comes in, they take, say, hey, I like that 40,000 square foot location. We then take the keys and my team personally manages that investment for them. So as an example, Alex Rodriguez out in Florida, right? He has five gyms open and um, um, we are managing all those clubs A to Z for him. And, and so um, whether it's payroll or whether it's hiring or firing or P&Ls or, or the value proposition or certifications or whatever it is, we're the ones that are doing it on his behalf and, and with, a, with a slight management fee. Now you have to be, you know, fairly well capitalized because let's face it in today's world of inflation, you know, the, the price of construction has gone up and everything has increased, but, but man, if you're a good negotiator and you can go out and find 30, 40,000 square feet in the right market, and you can set up the right uh, um, economic structure. It can be incredibly rewarding on on your IRR and and um, and overall payback. And so, um, there's so many different ways to do it. And so, UFC offers a, um, a management process where we run the club. You just invest in it, and then we treat you like a board, where we report to you monthly and quarterly with financials and tell you how we're driving the business. And then there's a middle box that, if you like the hybrid between a boutique model and a bigger model, we have a, a 10,000 square foot operating strategy that you can do as well. And, and that one, it's sensitive on that one because because it's kind of in the middle place, right? Where you have to be a great owner operator, but you also um, have a more ex- expansive uh, value proposition through more equipment and offerings. And so, so you have to be cautious to make sure you charge right and you present right and so forth. And so uh, we have an entire uh, franchise domestic and franchise international platform here to support everybody. We have um, um, something called Fran Connect and uh, CRM systems through ABC and and, and different uh, uh, vendor relationships like with MyZone, with Throwdown, with Core, uh, with you know others that allow us to create this uh, replicatable and duplicatable process. So no matter what the investor wants to do, we generally will have a road that they can take. And, and see, that's where I look at it, right? Is because you can you can try to open a gym, and you can try to figure it out on your own, and and maybe you're successful, maybe you're not. And and I say that because there's so many people. I mean, that's that's that was the start of our industry. Was I like to work out? Let me open up a gym, and and just you know, I'll get somebody to do group exercise, and we'll just make it work. But what I like about what you offer is you're offering a specific playbook for how to do that. And for listeners, and I think what was it? Just the, the the latest club industry was it club industry or or club solutions? The latest club solutions came out talking about the franchise model. And what was it, Adam? There were, what a dozen were there, were there a dozen fitness franchises in entrepreneurs' top five hundred list. You know, am I am I correct in that? Is it about that number? That yeah, I, I mean, listen, I take all that with um, grain of salt because yeah. a lot of it's pay pay to play. Um, but yeah, 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 no, no, there, there's, it's becoming fitness space in general is becoming hot, you know, and, and, uh, it's, it's a great, um, idea because what investors are starting to see is the importance of fitness is only going to increase as modern day conveniences increase, right? Cause you burn less calories. And so you need to be able to have that vehicle, especially in today's world of stress and, and toxicity that we sometimes deal with. And so, yeah, no, you listen, you're going to see fitness in, in, and you're probably going to see 25, 30 fitness companies as we take fitness penetration from the 20s to the 40s. You're going to see more and more come out there, which I embrace. I love it. I, I love that there's so many out there wanting to service consumers and so forth. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's promising. Well, and for listeners, I, I really think 
I'm bullish on, on our industry. I mean, when you when you turn around and 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 th- I have a bingo card. I, I need to figure out a real bingo card, Adam, because there are certain things I say with every podcast. And one that and this is the bingo card where I'm going to say when you look back and what we've done over the last two years is we've seen now we're going to have the data that those of us that made our health and fitness a priority, we came through this relatively unscathed, right? And I personally think that that's going to start driving a lot more people entering the fitness space. I know at EOS, we're seeing that a little bit. Are you seeing the same thing at UFC where more people are starting to enter your facilities with an interest in joining? Yeah, I mean, listen, the a lot of it was temperature based on what state you're in and what type of restrictions were in that state, right? Uh, Florida and Texas were well ahead of the curve. And uh, as a result, they're a little bit ahead on how customer acquisition strategies can can work. And as California and and Hawaii and New York and these other markets are, you know, they started reducing restrictions, you're going to see an immediate surge because people are getting back to what we would consider uh, a normal life. Um, But I do think what COVID has done is it's forced a conversation that hasn't been forced in the past. And what used to frustrate me more than anything else was in the early days of COVID, nobody respected that if you had a good immune system, that you were going to be just fine. They were just talking about how to be on the defensive and how to stay at home and how to not talk to people and how to wear your mask all the time. And listen, I respect everybody's personal rights and their own decisions that they want to make for themselves, but let's give an opportunity um, for people to take on this this ugly um, virus and allow them to build their immune systems through education, through education. You're an, you're an educated education type of guy, right? So if we can educate with nutrition, we can educate with supplements and we can educate with why fitness improves your immune system. And we can give them the platform to be able to do that. That's where you can really accomplish something and, 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 you know, take this industry to another level. So I think, I think, Going through COVID, I think people now understand that, and I think they're learning. And I think over the next couple of years, the narrative is going to continue to shift that we need to invest in your body, which is why you're going to see health insurance companies, you're going to see corporations purchase subsidies, you're going to see more and more people making it part of the work routine versus the old days. It was something that you had to pay for on yourself, and and, and nobody cared that you that you exercised or not. So, I think it's 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 truly going to be positive for the industry, and I think um, over the again over the next five, 10 years, you're going to see double penetration levels. And, and, and see, I, it's good to hear that because that's just everything that, that I'm seeing that that just backs it up. Now to wrap this up, Adam, one of the, the final thing I want to ask you about is a little bit about international. And I mentioned to you before I hit, hit recording, um, the last international, was the last, well, the last international trip I did was to a distributor meeting in Dubai. Um, and so I, I, you know, so I agree with you. Dubai is a very dynamic. The Middle East is very dynamic. But talk a little bit about the different um, international markets and really where internationally, where do you see the most opportunity for growth for what UFC does? That's a great question. So first of all, I, I see a lot of growth in general. I mean, now that we're developing in basically 40 countries, um, man, it's 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 really interesting to see different cultures, which is why when we vet out international partners, we want them to have passion for fitness. We want to have them to have some expertise in the space. And we generally like them to be UFC fans, right? It only makes sense. You take a market like Dubai, Dubai is going to, the Dubai UAE is going to open up somewhere in the neighborhood of 24 to 26 clubs just this year. 
coming out of COVID. Uh, you know, they, they're, they're opening in Kuwait, they're, they're opening in Saudi, they're opening in, um, um, throughout Dubai and, and, uh, um, and, and some other, you know, key markets and, and their growth is amazing. And, and, it's uh, uh, as we continue to have this growth internationally in all these key regions. When you look at markets like China, that's a hot market. I mean, I mean, China is. I mean, GDP and and what their growth potential is. I mean, China's fitness penetration is in the single digits, right? So think about that. What the amount of people that they have and the amount of potential that you have to be able to do that. We're developing in India and we're developing in Egypt. You know, and there's so much density in these markets. I mean, Egypt has I think less than a one percent fitness penetration so just just think about the opportunity there so the what, what's nice is with the ufc name everybody knows that name so there's they, they acclimate towards the brand because it's it, they're aware of it and then they jump into our fitness facilities and we create a, a lot of new first-time consumers throughout all these different regions but yeah it, it, globally it's amazing and and uh and what i've found now you know i was in russia last year and we're having all sorts of problems with Russia right now in the Ukraine situation, right? Well, let me tell you, when I'm with Russia, with my my partners that I have in Russia, they're like me and you. They love fitness. They love the brand. They're incredible people. They want nothing to do with conflict or wars. They're, they're just good people, right? So um, um, there, there's so many like-minded people out there globally. Now we're connecting the dots together, and it's going to be a lot of fun over the next five or 10 years. And that's been one of the amazing things. I mean, you did such a great job of, of kind of highlighting that. And, and that's been such one of the amazing things. I've been in, been in Russia, been in Moscow three times in the last like seven, eight years doing various things with, I was there one time with World Class and with a couple others. And you're right, Adam, that, that's been the biggest, no matter where you go, you meet people in fitness, all they want to do is exercise. They want to figure out how to get healthier, how to get fitter. And it doesn't matter whether it's in Russia or whether it's in you know down the street here in the U.S. I mean, that's what people want to do. And I have a, actually somehow ended up, I have a, my visa for China is good for another three years. Somehow I ended up with a work visa for China. So I, I was going in and out, and that's where I was working with Frank a lot. And, and when you said that, for listeners, when you're talking about opening UAE, with that, when I was there a few a few months ago, I was there with all the distributors for uh, Stairmaster and Nautilus for the region. I just thought of the smiles I'm going to see on their faces because mm-hmm. I know USC buys a lot of a uh, lot of uh, equipment from Core. So I'm just thinking that's going to make some of our distributors really happy. So as we wrap up, what is there anything that that I've maybe overlooked? Is there any any little message that you want to let listeners know about why they should maybe? come in and check out a UFC gym. I mean, you got the equipment, you have the programming, you have some phenomenal branding, but what, what can we do to maybe give somebody, somebody that's maybe driven by a UFC gym before thinking, ah, that's not for me. What can we do to get them to change their mind on that? Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I was in the same place before I came into the company. Right. And, and, um, um, I'm so fortunate to, I think, have some of the industry's best talent, in our gyms that are able to take the value proposition and interpret it and then provide an incredible, incredible fitness experience for our customers. When you look at seven o'clock at any of our clubs, um, you know, there's always going to be a piece of equipment available. There's always going to be classes going on in the gym. We have a lot of times we have 600 classes per month in a gym, right? So there's so many offerings that you're able to take. And let me tell you, there's nothing like hitting a bag. So if you like to take a boxing bag uh, and, and, and just hit it, man, there's some type of mental release that uh, uh, just provides you. And, and um, um, as you shift your weight and you put all your power into that punch. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I, 
I'm blessed to have great people that, that really bring the brand alive. You know, that my role is, is, uh, to support them and, and they do an incredible job. It's their efforts that are creating this incredible brand for people that are looking for, um, fitness and maybe a different way to, to get fit. Um, you know, they, they, they should just at least walk in and try it out. I mean, just, just go try out a couple of days for free and, and see what you think. And, and you may, you may come to a position that you'd rather go join a, uh, planet fitness or a 24 hour fitness, but you may go, wow, man, this is incredibly cool. And I like being part of it. I like the community. I like that. I'm learning something and it's not just fitness based, but it's also education based. Uh, let, let me, let's join this community. So, so just give it a shot. You never know what you miss until you, uh, until you actually experience it. No, I love that. And what's interesting is, is you're saying this, you're talking about seven o'clock and Adam, I think you and I can be 100% aligned on this, right? Once upon a time, when we were in our younger selves, we were the ones managing that energy 7 o'clock on a Monday, Tuesday night. I don't know about you, man. I will do everything I can from the above club position to support everybody in the front line. But have, not having to be in a gym at 7 o'clock on a Monday night anymore, I can't <laughs> – you know what I mean? I see you smile a little bit because as much as I love the energy of being in a health club and I love our industry, sometimes you're in a place like that. You're like, oh, my goodness. There's so much – energy in there right i mean i don't know if you ever feel the same way that you love the fact that you came up from that but you're like whoo man i'm glad that's not my day-to-day anymore yeah i mean i i find it addictive actually yeah. because um you know there's something like in in my home gym right that i built next to my house um i have a, it's forty-five thousand square feet and i have a, a big octagon in the middle of it right and um when you go in there and I'm like, let's just say I'm hitting mitts for a, a workout session. It's so amazing when I do a 360 view of the gym, right? You got people working out on equipment, free weights, machines, and so forth, doing cardio. You have people taking a boxing class, a jiu-jitsu class. You have kids programming that are happening for like seven, eight-year-olds. You have somebody doing a, um, a Zumba class in the, in the group fitness room. Uh, you got people doing cryotherapy. You can just walk, look around, and it's just this feeling of fitness community all coming together to inspire one another to find that best version of themselves. And so I actually think it's addicting. Like, like it's, there's something addictive about that to, to that, that it's like when you're watching game seven of the world series and it's the bottom of the ninth inning where everybody's on their feet and it's, 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 it's consistent chaos. Uh, it's that same vibe, right? I, I get excited about it. So yeah, or, or I guess you, uh, Pete, you could also go in at three in the morning when there's nobody there, right? <laughs> yeah, but but I'm just thinking as you say that, the thing I love, the one thing I love is when you watch people walk out of the gym, and you see that kind of half smile and that sense of exhaustion and that sense of accomplishment. They did something, and you're right. I was just thinking of Kaizen. You know, we got anybody who goes to the gym today. If you're going to the gym today, if you're exercising today, you're getting that one percent better today, and that, that's what it's all about, right? It's all about just getting a little bit better every day. I'm with you. Completely agree. All right. Well, Adam Sedlak, the CEO of UFC Gym, thank you so much for your time and for the opportunity to get to know you. Where can people go? Because I do think you guys offer a guest pass. How can people get information about the UFC Gym in their neighborhood? Yeah, it's just uh, ufcgym.com. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, uh, we're a big believer that we want you to come in and test out the club and make sure it's it's something that that uh, connects with you because that's what's most important, right? Is if you feel a connection, you're bound to stay with it and results motivate you to continue to do it. So um, yeah, just go to ufcgym.com and find your closest gym and you're going to be in good shape. Hey, if you like that conversation and if you join a gym, 
whether you join UFC, whether you join EOS Fitness, which is where I work, or, or wherever you exercise, if you want to learn more about fitness, if you want to learn more about exercise, pick up a copy of my book, Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. I've been teaching personal trainers for uh, more than 15 years. It'll be 20 years this spring. I started in 2002. And in Smarter Workouts, I teach you what you need to know to design the workout programs for whatever goals you might want to achieve. Besides Smarter Workouts, I have Ageless Intensity. And Ageless Intensity teaches you how high-intensity exercise can slow down the effects of the aging process on your body. So Smarter Workouts and Ageless Intensity, both are excellent resources wherever you're exercising, whether you're at a gym, whether you're at home, wherever it is, there are resources that can help you learn how to do fitness better or learn how to do fitness for your needs. And that's one of the cool things about this conversation, right, is, is not everybody does fitness the exact same way. But we all know that we can benefit from having exercise, having regular physical activity in our lives. That's the benefit of going to a fitness club or going to a health club or fitness center or gym, whatever you want to call it. If you go to a dedicated place like UFC or the YMCA or, or my company, EOS Fitness, if you go to a place like that, you're going to be around other people who know what they're doing. More importantly, you're going to be around professionals who know what they're doing. All gyms have, well, let me say this, most gyms have personal trainers that have the education and experience to get you the results that you want. UFC just does it from a slightly different point of view. They want to highlight, they want to market themselves based on the popularity of MMA. And one of the things that we didn't get too far into that, that is a really interesting, unique thing is that UFC was one of the first, one of the first big brands to, co, to kind of like co-brand with a health club company. So you had UFC gyms come out a number of years ago, but then the parent company that owns UFC gym, which is New Evolution Ventures, NEV was started by the founder of 24-Hour Fitness. NEV has partnerships with Dallas Cowboys, with the Chicago Bears, and a few other football, a few other NFL teams around the country where you can go join Cowboys Fit in the Dallas area. I think they have two or three locations now. I know they're opening Bears Fit in Chicago. I think they're opening Green Bay Fit or Packers Fit in the Green Bay and in, in, in the um, Milwaukee markets. The point is you're starting to see a trend now of these brands, whether it's UFC, whether it's NFL teams, whether it's Spartan Race. You're starting to see these brands, which are lifestyle brands of things to do, merge into the fitness industry to allow people to have that same training experience. No, that doesn't mean you're going to hop in the UFC octagon with one of the leading champions of the day. Heaven forbid, no. But why not get the same resources to train like a UFC fighter, to train at the same intensity, to train with the same purpose? That's the cool thing about taking what professionals do and bringing it into our world of consumer fitness. Professional athletes train for a purpose. Whatever your purpose is, any place can help you get that. You just have to have the equipment. You have to have the, the expertise. You have to have the resources there to help you do that. Hey, if there's one in your neighborhood, I really invite you to go check out UFC gyms. They're a great resource. They're a great facility. And if there's not a UFC gym in your neighborhood, but there is an EOS Fitness in your neighborhood, by all means, check out EOS Fitness because, and, or any health club for that matter, right? I mean, here's the thing in the fitness industry. We recognize that we're competitors. EOS, UFC, 24-Hour Fitness, Choose, LA Fitness, we're all competitors to some degree. But also, we're all working together because at the end of the day, we have over 300 million Americans. About 20, maybe 24, 25%, give or take, engage in some sort of club studio experience on a regular basis. So 
300 million something Americans, 20-25% of whom exercise at a health club regularly. That means there are about 200 million Americans, a little bit more than that, that need fitness. So all of us, all the health club industry, we understand that a rising tide raises all boats. And that's the other reason why I wanted to do this interview with, with Adam today, was so you could hear about, yes, we may, on one aspect, we may be competitors. We may be, right? But on the other thing, we are, we are teammates, we're, we're co-workers trying to do the right thing of promoting health and fitness for everybody. That's why I did this interview, and that's why I wanted you to hear the point of view and the perspective from a CEO of one of the leading brands in the fitness industry. Hey, with that, you know the deal. You can reach out to me, Pete, at PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. Follow the podcast on Instagram, All About Fitness Podcast. Now, I've been a little slack on posting Instagram lately, um, but that's going to change. So follow All About Fitness Podcast on Instagram. Connect with me, Pete, at PeteMcCallFitness. And hey, as always, thank you for stopping by. And I do look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.